Kicks We Trust. In Kicks We Trust. In Kicks We Trust. In Kicks We Trust. In Kicks We Trust. Welcome to episode 133 of the In Kicks We Trust podcast. I am here with four-fifths of the In Kicks We Trust team. Kev, how's it going? What's going on, everyone? Juan, how's it going? I'm good. It's Kali that's missing, and I'm on the road. Look at that, eh? <laughs> Look at that. And Rich, how's it going? What's good? And we are joined by a guest today. So we have Josh, a.k.a. Kamakachi juice yes sir pronounced right yes sir typically i'm the one who pronounces it wrong so that's very impressive for me we've known josh for a long time og in the sneaker game he's uh, a big vintage collector so he's got his own clothing brand as well so uh i haven't I, josh we haven't sp- spoken in a while but we're both from meadowville so yes sir i think we actually went to the same <laughs> high school too did you go to carmel or meadowville carmel oh shoot yeah mount carmel that's where i graduated yeah, so Josh, happy to get you on, man. Appreciate you uh, making the time for us. Thank you. It was a bit of a struggle due to life <laughs> in terms of like getting on here. Like, holy frig, I was on the highway. Like, let me just get home. <laughs> like, home and my phone wasn't connecting. And then this was happening. I'm like, these guys must hate me right now. Nah, nah, nah. nah. You're all good, man. All good, man. We'll start it off like we always do with our weekly wares and pickups. So, Kev, why don't you begin? So, actually, it's been a while since we recorded last. A couple of us were away. Congratulations, actually, to uh, Rich's son. He uh, graduated high school, right? So, oh, uh, got me feeling we... old. <laughs> <laughs> but we, uh, we got did you double feeling record. old, Rich. Like <laughs> I was selling your kid infant shoes at one point. Like <laughs> yeah, anyway, it was crazy, sorry. man. Sorry, Kevin. Sorry to cut you. <laughs> no, no, no. I had to interject there. <laughs> No, for sure. We all feel a little bit old. We've seen Jaden just kind of sprout like a beanstalk, man. But uh, no, graduated high school, so we took a little bit of time. I was away as well, so but uh, lots of wears in between. So I rocked my SB Dunk Low Black Pigeons. I also rocked my Mars Yard, that uh, overshoe converted pair. I was actually in the Bahamas. That's why I was. Uh, that's why we, uh, you know, took a little bit of a break. I only took two pairs with me. Uh, sorry, I took a couple pairs with me. I took. My Air Max oh, hold, on, hold up, Kev. Hold up, Kev. How hard was the decision to decide on what two pairs you were bringing? <laughs> it's always hard because there I was checking the weather and every day it showed rain, but it's like tropical rainstorms, right? So we'll come down pretty hard, you know, for like an hour or so throughout the day. But I don't know where I'm going to be, you know, like, you know, I'm going to be in the resort. Am I going to be outside? Whatever the case is. But I only brought two pairs with me. I brought my Air Max One Evolution of Icons. It's just a clean white summer sneaker with it's kind of semi mismatched or whatever. So lots of colors, easy to match with stuff, but just comfortable because, you know, walking around the resort. And then I also brought my Amamonier Jordan 3s. That was the other pair that I brought. And then, of course, you know, Yeezy slides. I end up wearing, you know, the slides most of the time. But, you know, when you when you clean up afterwards and you go for dinner and stuff like that, then, you know, you just want to rock something. But, uh, yeah, that those were the pairs that I rocked there. And then when I came back, I rocked the Air Max 1, that schematic pair, that Tinker schematic. Also, I busted out my uh, Nike ID, that uh, Air Max 1. Uh, also rocked Kobe Grinch's. Atmos Elephant Air Max Ones, Plum Dunk Lows, and today I rocked my Air Trainer One 
chlorophylls. So that was my, I guess, last couple of weeks of wears. Uh, <laughs> oh, I was, I, I not just the last week. No, no, not just the last week. week. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I do not wear that many shoes week anymore. I was so impressed hearing you. <laughs> and that, yeah, and that wasn't even like only because like I was away for like five days, right? So I only brought two pairs with me. So I literally, I probably wore less than I probably could have. But yeah, no, that was about like two weeks worth of work uh, wears. But actually, I got one pickup that I'm super excited about. Actually, not sneaker related this time. So just give me one second here. Oh, <laughs> you got a you got a puppy. <laughs> this is Maya. We actually adopted her. She was a rescue. She's a, um, I don't know, they actually don't really know what she is. She's like a part Rottweiler, part German Shepherd mix or something. So she's only a couple months old, but we just got her actually like last week. <laughs> and um, yeah, we're just super excited to add her to the family. So not sneaker related. And, you know, of course, RIP to Kicks and RIP to Jordan. We lost them earlier this year. And it was just, you know, it was kind of tough not having a dog in the house. And my wife has been, you know, applying for adoption for puppies for quite some time. And it just kind of happened. Like, you know, they accepted one of our applications and uh, yeah, we picked her up and and now she's part of the family. So it's nice to have her. But that was the only pickup that I have. Not secret related, but, you know, definitely a new addition to the family. Kevin got me out here looking crazy, bro. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yo, my cat passed a year ago. My kids have been on me. And here Kevin goes, got a fucking dog already, man. I got to go get another cat. Man. Damn. <laughs> Shit. No, I know. You know what? Nah, it's, good for y'all, though. It's good crazy because, like, you know, I, I was like, man, like, our dog literally just passed away, you know, May 1st. You know, our, our second dog just passed away May 1st. You know, the other one passed away in uh, early January. So I like I needed some time, you know. I was like, you know, I don't think, you know, I'm ready for for another puppy yet. And then my wife has just been like applying for for all these like rescues, you know, for a while actually, even before they passed. But yeah, no, they just kind of accepted one of our applications, and then they're like, you want to come meet the dog? And whenever that happens, my wife would never say no. Whenever she goes in to see yeah, the dog, you know, definitely. you go to see the dog, <laughs> we're coming home with the dog. I'm like, okay, whatever. But anyways, oh, that's, yeah, she's, that's, dope. that's dope. Yeah, she's her name is Maya, so. It's spelled M-A-I-A. Actually, my son named her after Myasaurus, which is the dinosaur of love or whatever. I'm about to say the dinosaur, yeah. (laughs) He named it after dinosaur, Myasaurus. So, oh, she's, what's the matter, Maya? That's cool. But yeah, so new addition to the family. That's my pickup. Oh, damn. I'm going to get a cat now. Yeah. <laughs> Rich, you're on the clock now. Like you really I know, I'm not even, I'm not even, I'm not even telling, I'm not even telling my wife that. Fuck that. No, no, no. I enjoy the break though. Like things I enjoy. You know what though? Because like I took care of the cat. Nobody did nothing. Like I'm like I need a break. Like changing litter boxes and shit and and fucking hairballs and all of that. Like I'm like yo, I need a break. 16, 16 years of that shit. I'm like I need a break. Wow. So, but I'm getting I'm getting there though. I'm getting there. I'm kind of like like with you, Kev. I'm like God, oh, miss it. So we're definitely gonna um start looking definitely before the year is out. We'll get a cat but and cats are hit and miss because their temperament you can get yeah. one that's just evil so <laughs> it's kind of scares kind of you don't know what you're getting when it comes to those things man so 
We'll see, yeah. but that's dope. So I gotta come by and come meet her. Kev? Yeah, Shit. of course. I, I, I tell you, I don't miss the puppy life. You know, she's chewing on everything oh. right now. <laughs> oh fuck! You better put them. You better put a lock on that fucking room. You better put <laughs> well, a lock all the on doors that are room. closed right now. But yeah, no, Kev I have mean, a heart attack. <laughs> <laughs> she's a puppy. I get it, but like you know, yeah, it's, I, I don't miss that at all. You know, she's she's learning. She's learning, and she's a smart dog. Yeah. So she she learns quick. Not as dope though. Congrats. Yeah. Awesome. One. What about you? What are you rocking this last couple weeks? And uh, any pickups? Pickup wise, I don't remember. When I get home, maybe I'll look at the <laughs> boxes in my. Yeah, in one my always house, got it. One honest. always got to pick up. Stop it. But you don't and then, remember. Uh, where where wise? Like I I've been switching since I've been able to stop at my house for like half a day. <laughs> so the where is AMM one? I'm looking at it right now because I'm in my hotel. I just got here. Community Garden Dogs, Mystic Navy, Low. It's funny you said the other thing. I wore the purple pigeon because you said the other one, right, Kev? And I also wore... Yeah, I wore black pigeons. Yeah, I have the purple ones. It's funny. And I think that's it. I don't remember. Oh, and Black Cement 3s. Mm, nice. Jeez. Wow. Nice little week you got there, one. Yeah, I'm hoping to change again in a few days and I'll, I'll have new ones. I've started to notice these uh, guys are like looking. They're like, uh, even during meetings, and then they started bringing out their sneakers because now they feel comfortable wearing sneakers because I wear sneakers. Yeah. So I'm like, that's great. I like it because I saw someone, he brought out his Travis Scott one lows. I'm like, perfect. Do it. I want to see all this cool stuff. Wear everything. Oh, and I saw those voodoo Jordan one lows. I still need to get that pair. Oh, those Zion ones. Yep. That's a great pair, yeah, actually. I love it's that. It's a pair. great pair. I, li- I saw it again in person, and I'm still looking for a, a, a decent price on eBay. Yeah, that's so the details are so so nice on those. Yeah, they did a really good job on that. Nice, good week, Juan. Josh, what about you? What have you been rocking in the last week and any pickups in the last month or so? <laughs> pickups? <laughs> For me, no. <laughs> rocking, I'm a simple man these days. I have two pairs of New Balance 550s that I've just been rotating. Uh, it's, mm-hmm. it's like a, a white on red and a white on green. I picked them up a couple months ago. But like, if you've never had a New Balance 550, they're the most comfortable, like an everyday daily shoe that's still that's still styling, like stylish. Yeah, that goes with joggers, goes with jeans, goes with whatever. I can wear them with like dress pants and a t-shirt with the sneakers, sure. yeah, and it looks fly. Bucks. Yeah, but for me, pickups. No, I, I haven't really bought any new sneakers in a very long time. Like, I had a little moment during COVID where I was I was selling like crazy, selling, selling, <laughs> selling. I never really just post covid i never i never never started buying sneakers again just kind of getting rid of a lot of things so um but we'll get into all that later yeah for me every day that's, that's honestly like my day-to-day every yeah. day new balance lately it's comfortable definitely a great model you can dress them up dress them down yeah for sure yeah they're super stylish great go-to so, pair yeah. Yeah. very very versatile i think that's why a lot of people gravitated to them because like you said they kind of go just with with everything you know, those are always yeah. the best pairs. So, yeah, dope, dope. Nice, good week, Josh. I still don't have any pickups, so <laughs> nothing to talk about on my end. Oh, actually, you know what? That's a lie. I did pick up some shoes yesterday. That is a lie. I picked up some <laughs> golf shoes. There you go. Which ones? Air Shadows? Max 90s. No, mm, okay. okay. Air Max 90s. I had a gift card for uh, Golf Town, and I just there wasn't anything else I wanted, so I was like, you know what? Let me grab these. So it's in like a gray and blue color, Kev. Oh, nice, nice. So I, I've never had uh, Air Max ninety golf shoes, so I'll uh, I'll be looking to get those out soon. 
in terms of wares, I actually had a lot, like for two weeks, I actually did not have a lot of wares, surprisingly. It was basically my Air Max 90 infrareds and my Air Max 1 Atmos, the elephant pair. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I wore those a lot over the last bit. But other than that, I wore my Air Jordan 9 Kilroy's. Nice. nice. That's a silver one, right? Yeah, with yeah, the silver, the silver one. Black. Yeah, yeah. Brought those out. Sean Witherspoon's 97 ones. Mm -hmm. Also wore my Air Jordan 9 Charcoals, Rich. Hey, it's another good yep. one. Yep. I still uh, need that pair. Oh, man. Pair. Rich, you, 60 bucks is what I picked mine up for. Mm, tell me that. Yeah, like, you know, you know what you guys talk these Foot Locker fucking discount prices, <laughs> right? <laughs> but you know what the funny Crazy. thing is, is that shoe went on sale for 120 bucks before I bought it. Yeah, Crazy. yeah. You like, know what? Nine, diff nine diff like different that, times. Yeah, yeah, different yeah. times. 2010, different right? Times. Like, yeah, that stuff just sat. So yeah, like I mean, for 60 bucks, I, I have no complaints about that. And as we said, nines have no sizing on them because that's a 13. No. It fits me the same way as a 12 fits me. Or order 11. Yeah. Air Max 1 Anniversary Red, Air Max 1 Tokyo Maze, and Air Max 90 Off-White, the black pair. Oh, okay. Nice. I forgot you had those. Yeah, oh. like, again, like, just not something I would go after, but I won a raffle for them. So it's like, all right. It's a nice pair for retail. Yeah, yeah, what dudes is paying for those is bizarre. Yeah, if I didn't but... have them, like I would not, I would not look for them. Mm -hmm. Like after it's the fact. Bizarre. But yeah, like for for retail, I'm I'm good with that. The only pair oh, of on oh. I have too. So that is my oh, week. Oh. Nice, good week. Rich, what about you? Let's have weeks. at least five or six pickups now. <laughs> nah, nah, <laughs> nah, nah, nah. I'm, be, I'm being good, man. I'm being good. A lot of the pickups I have is just I just staggered them, right? So stuff I had because some weeks I wasn't on. Mark just did one pickup. But uh, in terms of wares, the reimagined threes getting a lot of burn. I wore that to my son's grad actually, so broke those out. The waist cement four as well has been getting some burn. Uh, brought out taxi twelves. Those Nike uh, structures, the air structures, has been like a go-to. That's like an at-the-door pair, like super comfortable. That colorway I had too, that OG colorway, just goes with everything. So I typically mm -hmm. just gravitate to that. Panda Dunks is another one. Oh, I'm trying to think what else. Yeah, I think my primary rotation was the threes and the fours, to be honest with you. I've been wearing for like the last like two weeks. And then in terms of pickups, <laughs> I always have something. <laughs> this is um <laughs> this is actually a good one and like i said i've been staggering them but uh this is actually a, a two for one just to to give you guys a little bit of a hint josh would probably like this could could appreciate this one so this is the jordan okay six the varsity infrared. red is it no this is infrared that's infrared the infrared baby. one infrared i know it looks like varsity right yeah it looks like varsity so, maybe yeah, the camera no, yes yeah, probably, kind of, probably, the, probably like? the lighting too yeah but anyhow, Jordan 6 Infrared. This is the 2010 pair from the Infrared pack. Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, so finally got my hands on the pack. I've had the pack individually separate. So there's one point in time I just had the white. And then at one point I just had the black. Never had them together. So found a pair locally. OG all. Um, so super happy to have this, this pack finally. So yeah. Honestly, you don't see this pack often. I will say that. Like through my years of collecting, I've only came locally. I've only came across a few, and like I said, not even the full pack. Usually, 
they'll have one and not the other. Typically, they always sell the white one. The white one's always up for grabs, and the black yeah. one they tend to hold on to. But yeah, fortunate, uh, I was able to get the entire pack. So infrared pack. Everybody know Jordan Six is my shoe. So definitely happy to have that. So yeah, Jordan Six infrared pack, twenty ten. Isn't it crazy? Thirteen years, crazy. That's crazy, crazy, crazy. Oh, how are they holding yeah. up, Rich? Oh, like you see there, the you can still see through the air bubble, so no fogging. Yeah, yeah. I wore the white pair already. And I'm just going to get as much words as I can possibly. Because as I said, 13 years, you know, is coming coming to that time. But once again, it's one of the packs. You guys know me. I bought pairs that are not even wearable just because there's certain pairs I need to have in the collection. Yeah. Like, I yeah. will, I'm that type of person. So this pack is one of those. So I'm just going to get as much wares out of them as possible. And then I'll retire them into the display case. But definitely happy to to have this pair. So, yeah, 2010 infrared pack, man. Took a fucking couple of years to to track it down, man, in its entirety. So beautiful. I'm happy. So I say you don't see them often. And that 2014, let's be honest, that 2014 was hot garbage. That infra pink was fucking terrible. So they haven't done this white pair justice. I'm waiting for the retro. I need that Nike Air, please, Mm -hmm. JB, and not our JB, Jordan Brand. I need the white pair. But yeah, you guys know me, man. I'm I'm always Josh. I'm you know I'm always keeping it old, you know. Okay. So yes, sir. So infrared pack, man. Happy happy to have that. So and Konoski, those that black pair because a little bit the toe, as we know, you know, separates a little bit. So he'll get me together though. Yeah, he'll take care. Shout of out to the sure. homie. So next week I'll have something else. <laughs> he always does. He'll have multiple things next week. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I gave you a two for one this week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do we count it as one or do we count it as two? Like it's a, it's a, it's a two piece. Two piece. No, Literally. that's a special pickup for you. That's a special pickup. And I know you're trying to do that all white Jordan. The white. One. Oh, you already know, Kev. Right? So <laughs> you already that's know. Definitely, uh, I, need you know two you... I need two more pairs. Okay. And I got the whites from one to 14. Two more pairs. So okay. I'm chipping so, away at that. So I'm, I'm yeah, excited yeah. to when I can get that shot in. Nice. That's dope. But uh, yeah, no, good week, Rich. And yeah, I think, you know, Rich is one of those guys who always goes with the old stuff. You know, he's he's definitely an advocate for the older stuff, just like our guest, Josh, a.k.a. Kamikachi Juice. We've known him for a while, like we said earlier, and he's definitely one of those guys that, you know, intrigued us because when we saw him at sneaker events, uh, you know, meetups, all that sort of stuff, he had the table with all the vintage stuff, all the, you know, old school stuff, or OG stuff too, which was, you know, you don't see that often. You know, people bring, you know, all the new stuff and that's how some sneaker events go. But, you know, Josh, he definitely stood out because he had, you know, vintage clothing, vintage sneakers, OG stuff, and like in its original form too, all the, all the uh, accessories and everything too. So super dope. So thank you for joining us, Josh. Like excited to get into it because like we said, uh, we've known you for a while, but you know, not a lot of our listeners know your backstory. So, of course, of course, at the sneaker conventions, I'm just trying to think like when I first started going to them before it was popular, like before it was like really popular, like when was the first couple ones? 2016, maybe 2015. I can't even remember then. Like, when yeah, it might have really been, in I, Toronto. I, guys- I think I I think I've seen you. You might have went. So before Soul Exchange, there was a show. Yeah. yeah, did you go to the show? Um, is it Toronto Loves Kicks? I don't know if you went to their their event. I went. I went to one before there was Soul Exchange, and I think I don't know what happened to it. So if, if that's what it was called, it was probably yeah. Toronto Loves Kicks. Yo, so salute to those guys. They threw the first show in the city that I remember before anyone, and then Soul Exchange was 
you right after that. It was? 20, do you remember roughly? It would have been the soul exchange that I remember seeing you at the first soul exchange was at that club. And I think that would have been like Dude. 2015, okay. 2014. Yes, you're right. You're right. So I wasn't um, the one before that too. I, there, I was at one or two before that one. And there was a club out in Vaughn, I think it was. It was in Vaughn. Yeah, that was the one at Vaughn. I remember that one that you was at. That was the first soul exchange that I did. And I remember when I was there, it was crazy because that was the first, like, more mainstream Mm -hmm. sneaker convention in Toronto before Sneaker Con came to Toronto. Correct me if I'm wrong because I don't know if Sneaker Con came before that or not. No, it wasn't there. It wasn't. No, it wasn't uh, there. Yeah. And then I think. Soul Exchange was out in London, Ontario. Did you ever go to a sneaker convention out in London, Ontario, or no? Maybe there was another one. No, Maybe. I think there was a sneaker event that happened in London. I can't remember what it was called. I think JR, homie JR, was was a part of that. Yeah, yeah. This is like 2015 era. Like, I don't know, 2016, 2015. But in those days, I was going to every single... What If it was a sneaker convention in Toronto, whether it was small or big, mm-hmm. downtown, whatever... I was tapped in because I saw how fast it was growing, the culture. I saw how in the beginning it, it was more like sneaker, head, like real sneaker heads were going to these yeah. conventions. Yeah, yeah. Before it was the masses. You know what I mean? Sure. Like before it was like yeah. really through social media. Like when I would have a table and I'm talking to people who like could barely even speak English, but it was like they knew what I had on the table. Like at that time, before I sold a lot of this stuff, my Jordan, I was selling like my personal Jordan collection from when I was in grade nine, grade nine, grade 10. So wow. dating back to, I'm 30, 37. So dating back to like 2001, 2002, mm-hmm. I had all my collection and I never sold anything. And I was buying Jordans like nuts. And at those conventions in 2015, that during that year, I remembered just like, it was so different. It was a different level of excitement it was a different level of conversations with people because it was like the real sneakerheads had to know about these conventions to go to them there wasn't instagram if there was it it wasn't what instagram is today mm-hmm. there wasn't really like yes there was social media it's not like it's the 90s but like <laughs> social media in 2015 was not what social media is now in terms of like there wasn't sneaker pages yet like a lot of them with millions and millions of followers but yeah i, I was going to those at the time, like I still brand myself. So my brand was called Mr. Finley's Closet, which is just my last name. And I just, I had a banner, I had a table and I was, and I would lay out all my ticks and I would, I would rent a van from the rental, uh, you know, car rental, just get a van loaded up and mm-hmm. just go to all these conventions and keep selling and selling and selling. Because at the time I basically had my mom's basement as my storage. Right. Like there's, a, I have a video up on YouTube where I show my collection at the time back in 20 around 2016 2017 and if you type in like I don't know Josh it was a sneaker addiction interview yeah, yeah I remember that oh yeah okay yeah, yeah. okay yeah yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 sneaker addiction YouTube channel interviewed me he came to my, my house and I walked through my collection at the time so like as I'm speaking like I guess the viewers or if you google like if you go on YouTube you can see kind of because like my collection then to give you more insight of what I used to have. And I keep saying used to because I really, during COVID, <laughs> I went like sell mode. Yeah. I kind of stopped going to the conventions because the last convention I went to was Sneaker Con in 20, 
whatever it was before COVID. I didn't go to the last one. Yeah, probably only, like 2019 or something. 2019. Yeah. And I went to yeah. whatever ones they had in Toronto, every soul exchange in Toronto up until I guess they stopped for two years. But my my most like visual collection would be on the YouTube at that interview. It was a two-part interview mm-hmm. and it's like 15 minutes each. And I went through the rarest, rarest vintage sneaker that I had. And some of the sneakers I had were like original Reebok pumps, like from 1989, 1990 in the box. Shit. You never see original, stuff like that. Yeah. Like original LA gears. Wow. Like I said, an original Nike air revolution. So like my collection, like David Robinson sneakers, like yeah, collection was like early nineties, late nineties basketball stuff. Yeah. For sure. Basketball players. But I would collect those sneakers when I was 14, 15, 16, and just hold on to them. Like I would go to New York and thrift in 2004, 2005, 6, 2003. But we wouldn't call it thrifting back then, as you guys know. Nobody (laughs) called it thrifting (laughs) those days. It was just going to go get some heat. Like it was like you just go get a rental, get in the van. And we would go to stores and go to the basements and buy their unused unwanted shoes and they would just sell it to us like basically it's so weird how to explain it like in those days like they didn't even know what to sell it to us for it was just like to them it was junk yeah it was like store it was like stores that had like stuff in storage that they never sold and they kind of like dig through it and you guys would want it it, right and they were just like all right we'll give you this whole pile for x amount of dollars like really cheap like, like almost dollars and then i would come back to toronto in those days 2005 six seven eight and i would resell it or keep if i had multiple pairs of things but a lot of the stuff i kept and then that's why when you guys would see me at some of the sneaker conventions in the earlier days i was one of not the only person mm-hmm. but i was one of the only guys that had a lot of real original my thing was like high top sneakers yeah like i remember seeing a lot of your high tops yeah 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 high top sneakers if it was super high if it was nice <laughs> if it was like you check the tag, it said like 1991, I'm buying yeah. it. And that's what I was displaying at the sneaker conventions Yeah, in the earlier um, days of the conventions. Yeah. And that's what, and that's what yeah. stood out to us when we like, at least when I, when I would pass by your tables, like you came to our events, we saw you at Soul Exchange. And like you said, you've <laughs> tapped into all of the events. So you're always there. So, but your displays were always very eclectic, a lot of like cool old stuff. Cause that's the stuff that, you know, like I grew up seeing and Fast forward to now, you don't see stuff like that anymore. And especially people that have kept stuff like that. Like people have stories about it. Maybe they have pictures, but to see it, you know, in hand, yeah. it's probably been like maybe 30 years since I've seen stuff like that. You know, it's it's crazy. So it's, it's nice to see the diversity in the stuff that you used to have. But, you know, how did you get into all of that too? Like when you were a kid, like for me, mm-hmm. it was like, you know, obviously we saw, you know, athletes and things like that. And that's probably like, you know, a, a little bit of your inspiration to go into those sneakers. But, you know, what started it for you? Like, where did your journey begin? Man. Like, what were some of the brands and colorways and models yeah. that, that really stuck out to you when you were growing up? A couple small stories. My love for sneakers probably started 96, 97, 98, like that era yeah. of like the Penny Hardaways came out like 97, okay, yeah. maybe the- Gary Payton sneakers. Oh, the gloves, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, the gloves. Like I remember having like not like I never got that pair, but kids in school had the gloves. Right. I had the Penny Hardaways. Whatever came out in 97, like that specific year. Cause I remembered like it was the first pair of sneakers my mom bought me that was like over a hundred dollar price point. 
Right. Because right. prior to that, I wasn't allowed. That would have been the. That would have been the. That would have been a penny one. It'd have been a penny yeah. one, I believe. Whatever came out in '97 mm. was my first sneaker. Because prior to that, it was like wearing like hand me downs. Like it was like, well, you're gonna ruin your shoes. Like I was wearing like Zellers <laughs> and like nothing yeah, yeah, fancy. Yeah. 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 Remember, like my mom bought me my first pair of pennies, and I had a I had a picture of me like in front of her Jeep. I'm like 11, probably about 11, 12 years old or something, and I'm wearing the pennies on my feet. But I needed to have them because the kids at school were wearing the the pennies and the the Gary Paynes and the Shaq shoes and the Barclays, Griffies, like. And I remembered seeing that, and I wanted to be a part of it. There was just something exciting about like being a part of the, you know, the in crowd. Of course, and yeah. You're not wearing yeah. the Velcro shoes. You make an X out yeah. of the Velcros to, to kind of make yeah, them I different. Like, you're not yeah. wearing those anymore. Like we're stepping into, you know, you're starting to pay attention to what you're wearing. Of course, so yeah. I remembered once I had the pennies for me. I remember specifically my mom saying like, that's the only pair over a hundred dollars. She's going to buy me any pair after that. I have to pay for it myself. So I remember wearing those shoes every day till like my toes were hanging out of them. Like I, <laughs> yeah. I literally wore them. I had no money for any other shoe until I was like in grade nine and I got a job. And then the kind of fast forward, that's like maybe the year 2002, 2001, 2002, I got the Jordan six lows, the black ones that were, that were released in the year. Oh, the, the Chrome year. ones. Are you guys? Yeah. Low cut black on Chrome, like nothing yeah. special, but that was my first my own purchase of a sneaker okay. and that introduced me to the Jordan brand. Right. And right. then I was like, then it exploded. <laughs> then it was game over. Cause I had an older <laughs> brother four years older than me. So at that time, my brother was already wearing, and he used to work at athletes world. Oh, that's so think about athletes world in the late nineties, early two thousands. So yeah, my I brother was in home with like, I remember in like 96, 97, like he had like, the 12s wait no sorry 90 98 black and red 12s yeah it would have been like 12s 13s well that era so 12s yep. 13s and onward my brother yep. working at athletes world and like those were the kind of sneakers he was coming home with but i didn't have the money to afford it but like again it's just what i seen it's just what i wanted to be a part of and then my love for sneakers just that's kind of where it started just yeah just kind seeing of seeing it and not being able to afford it no, that's dope. I mean, like, like you said, you know, it, it's one of those things that, you know, when you're in school, you see the sneakers, you see the athletes wearing the sneakers too. So mm -hmm. you just start to take notice, right? Like you, you were okay with the Zellers and the byway shoes yeah. and stuff that your parents got you. Like I, I went through those times too, Yeah. but then afterwards you're just like, whoa, what's that? Hold on. Yeah. Wait a minute. I seen, you know, Jordan wearing this, or I seen Bo Jackson rocking these. And then you're just like, I kind of need those sneakers now because yeah, you start to see them in real life and you're like, man, they're actually like, people are actually rocking them there. So they, you're telling me they're somewhat attainable. You go and you ask your mom and you know, you find that they're, they're a little bit more than, than what they would, they would yeah. want to spend, but shout out to moms out there because you know, they did get you that pair. Oh, she, right? And I remembered that because it was like, I want, after her telling me that's the last pair over a hundred, she's going to get me. All I ever wanted was to work, to buy my own sneakers. Yeah. Basically I worked all through high school and every paycheck was the newest Jordan release, like 2000 to 2004. My goal was to get every single release that came out uh, nice. at that time. And yeah. I had like a friendly competition with the guys in my school, like my crew. And yeah. we were going on like at that time, if you guys remember, 
there was no raffles. There was no, no. um, no. there was no, no, no lineups or anything. Like we would go to Foot Locker Saturday morning, just walk right in, buy the, I don't know, Jordan 17s in the briefcase, yep. the black 17s, white on red 17s, white on blue 17s. So this is 2002. Yeah. I just walk right in, go to Foot Locker, yeah. spend your two ninety nine, the briefcase with the DVD inside, with the foam inside, like, yeah, the foam and insert. Just walk out. Yeah, the foam insert, but like today's generation never got to experience that type of sneaker buying. We would just go to Foot Locker and we would just buy two, three, four, five pairs of 17s and walk out. And we're walking through Square One Mall in like 2002. And we had all these 17s in our hands, but we were buying them to wear them. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for um, sure. Definitely to wear them. They would go right on feet. And it was it was like, yeah. like you said, like you would save up to to buy sneakers. So if you didn't right. buy, if you didn't, you know, if they came out that week, you kind of like look at them, it'd be like motivation to you. Like you'd go to the mall, yeah. you'd be like, I'll have, I'll have these soon, you know? Yeah. And you just, you know, you know, you work hard, you pick up a couple extra shifts or whatever the case was. I remember I was working at McDonald's and I was doing the same thing. Like it was either sneakers, fitteds, or like I would buy Timberland stuff from like winners and stuff, you know, like just going to these yeah, yeah, places yeah, to, to buy gear. Yeah. But yeah, it was like when you go into these sneaker stores, it was like, you didn't have to buy it that day. You knew they wouldn't, you know, they wouldn't sell out, but you had an opportunity to just sort of like save up and then get them eventually. But yeah, that's, um, no, that's so those were different times for sure. At that time, one of my friends worked at Foot Locker. So we were getting his 50 off. They used to do, I don't know if they still do it, but you could buy Jordans like off yeah, family 50, 50 and 50 day. Yeah, 50 day. 50 yeah. day. Yeah. But like this is like 2003, four or five. And we would go on 50 day and we would buy everything. Like we were, and like I don't remember. I don't know if it was rules or limits. I don't recall any. But we were. I would leave. I would leave Foot Locker in two thousand four with all these sneakers because my boy worked there on fifty day, and we would just hop in the whip and we'd have all the Jordans, and we weren't reselling or called collectors back then. This was just yeah, us buying it to rocket the thirteens, the whatever, whatever came out at that time, the twos. I, but I'm just like really like two thousand one to like two thousand seven, maybe two thousand six. And then it started slowing down, but that was my release Foot Locker. Every single release, walk in, get two, three pairs, walk out, spend my whole paycheck, <laughs> <laughs> and have no regrets. Right? No, no regrets. regrets my yeah. mom, yo, my mom, my mom, my mom. Trust me, my mom was on my ass. Cause same thing, man. When I worked, yo, Jordans and fitteds. I got a pair of Jordans and I got a fitted yeah. head to match. Every paycheck, my mom used to give me grief. Yeah. <laughs> and then you have to start hiding them hiding oh yeah in the car hiding them in my friend's house waiting till she's sleeping and then i would sneak them in the basement i started building shelves and everything over time she just gave up trying to stop me yeah so i i know you i know you discussed earlier just selling off a lot of your collection during covid so it's probably not what it once was but during that time you did a massive collection were you just like a jordan guy nike guy or did you like you mentioned, you know, Reebok pumps, you like. Yeah, so my personal collection. Yeah, it, no, it was definitely a lot of Jordans. And then like kind of like COVID, sneaker con and sold exchanges. I really and I used to list my stuff pretty high and people would buy them. So that was profitable for me. So like I sold all my 17s in the briefcases. I had one through 17. I never got anything after 17, 18 onwards in terms of Jordans, maybe the 20s. But I never got anything after that. Maybe, yeah, I think I had one or two pairs of 20s. 
oh yeah 19s here and there but yeah Reeboks I had a lot of like the pumps LA gears and these are stuff that I was wearing and buying too but yeah during COVID I, I actually sold a lot of my stuff on Grailed that website. okay yeah 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 of course I yep. made an account and I remembered one day I just started taking pictures of all my sneakers little by little and listing it on Grailed and they were selling but not 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 in Canada I was shipping to like all over the world all right. my sneakers Grailed is a great if you're looking to like sell because sometimes you might think nobody here is going to buy it. Like in Toronto, right. you might think, oh, nobody buy it. But there's someone in Germany. There's someone like deep in the United States. These kids are like in the South. And all my sneakers sold. I was at the post office every day, every day, every day, sitting at home, kind of just making money, selling my sneakers. And I eventually just had a ton of um, some of them, if, they, if I didn't sell the box, empty boxes mm -hmm. and just shipping them out. Yeah. And I didn't really, I didn't, honestly, I didn't keep much. <laughs> like I, I went from uh, definitely, I don't even know the number, but a very high number of hundreds of pairs of shoes wow. to down to probably 20 pairs of shoes that I currently own. Wow. And the shoes that I currently own, I don't even keep heat anymore. Like I'm wearing New Balances. I have like one pair of Jordans left. I kept like a pair of Jordan ones. Like for me, as soon as I got married, had kids, COVID hit, <laughs> yeah. I just was like, I feel like for me, I lived the true sneaker life, like the real sneaker culture life. Mm -hmm. Like we could sit here and talk about like, you guys know, like F as in Frank. Yep. That story. Guys. I don't know if you yep. guys. Yeah. On Queen yeah, Street in Toronto. Um, yeah. Queen Street, Toronto, Vancouver, like used to thrift with them. You guys know Landlord. He's, he's, he's a pretty well-known vintage guy in Toronto. Calls himself Landlord. Okay. Yeah. So someone like you can, you can look him up on YouTube. Him and I used to sure. call ourselves the Rag King. Or we used to, yeah, we used to buy wholesale snapbacks and then sell it and make videos and wholesale sneakers and sell it. You guys know people like in vintage we trust. Yeah, Josh. Sure, yeah. Josh, yeah. So like for me, like when I say these guys' names, because I'm from their era where like 2005, 2006, 2007, we were like one of the only quote unquote vintage resellers in Toronto Right. before right. there was all these vintage stores but we were more on a street level mm -hmm, mm -hmm. like buying and selling and like selling out the trunks of our cars yeah. like meeting up with people yeah like i used to just meet up and it's all through referrals word of mouth because it wasn't really like social media like that in 2005 um, yeah you can people just kind of knew like they knew these guys yeah they knew the stuff that they had they made had seen them or whatever the case was but yeah there was no storefronts there was no shops no pop-ups, no conventions. This was like, I'd be downtown in Kensington and people would just know I'm the guy that sells the vintage sneakers and I would just always have it on me. Or I would have like people come by my house in my garage and I would have all the sneakers and yeah. snapback hat, vintage gear. And um, yeah. And I still have a lot of stuff too. It's just all in storage now. Like no sneakers, but vintage gear. I have a lot of it. Right, right. So in terms of the sneakers though, too, like just getting back to that, I know you sold off a lot of the stuff, but was there anything that like stood out to you as like your more unique pairs that you had? Like, I know you talked about some of your OG stuff, but was there something that, you know, maybe it was, it was hard to let go when you sold it. But, you know, at the time you're like, man, oh. I would never sell this sneaker. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. Definitely off the top of my head, the Jordan 17s in the briefcase. Yeah. Because I used to, so I used to bring them to all the sneaker conventions as a display only mm -hmm. shoe, not for sale. I used to have a sign and there was this one guy 
and I'm sure he's going to watch this. He's on my Instagram um, and he follows you guys and everything. He used to keep trying to bargain with me to right. sell him the 17s with the briefcase, the, the black ones originally released in 2002. And they were dead stock. I never wore, I never wore that specific pair. They were right. never unbuckled, never unlaced, original. The peel was still inside. on it. Yeah, everything from 2002. And after about four or five conventions, he just made me an offer I couldn't refuse. However, like to get to your point, I still think about it to this day. I'm like, <laughs> man, I should have never sold those 17s right. because it's like a museum piece now. It's kind of like a... There's such a rare, like even the way the leather was on those shoes. Oh, yeah. Because I think yeah. I'm not really in tuned anymore with like release dates and stuff. But I think they re-released the 17s. The uh, black ones they um, did in, in a... In a... They, did, they, they did the copper 17. That's really the only one that they've done. And then they did like, a, yeah. like they had like a soul fly, like a soul fly. But none of the OG colorways have been released thus far. Not yet, at least. I'm praying. Yeah. Like the copper, those are the special edition ones, the the white and blue. I sold both of those at the sneaker conventions, and I kind of regretted those too, the white on reds, because I had at one point every single color in more recent years, and every single one of them went. And it's like, you know, like you guys know, like you sell some sneakers, let's just say you blow the money, I don't know, buy groceries, pay your rent, then you're like, man, was it worth it? <laughs> it's like, <laughs> kind of like, I wish I never sold those pairs. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, like you, you I, I, it sounds to me like, you know, you, you told me that, uh, or where you were saying that, you know, you have, you have a family now, so you can't really say yes. that, you know, these things are going to, you know, you, you blew the money, you know, I feel like, you know, no. you're using towards your family, you know, there's priorities yeah. now, things change, right? Life happens. So no. yes, it sucks that you don't have the sneakers anymore because you know how rare they are. But at the same time, you made a decision to better your family, to better your life, things like yeah, that. So for me, it was, I think I was becoming way too emotionally attached to my sneaker yeah. and if you guys are listening and watching you guys could probably say yeah something comes upon a man when you have a sneaker collection you become emotional it's like you've grown with them they've grown with of course. you yeah of course. i was going on i'm 37 i started collecting like really connect collecting at like say 2002 so like 14 15 almost half my life like yeah. really collecting like i would take them out the boxes and clean them picking with the bottom with a toothpick getting the gum yeah. out yeah, like, the rocks i would i would do i would do like almost like every month i would clean my shoes i would get them cleaned for me like put them back in the box restuff them like really take care of them sure yeah before i had yeah. a kids like really genuinely take care of my sneakers and then once you once i started selling them i had to detach myself emotionally yeah like <laughs> I just have different priorities now. So I just personally started getting rid of them. And then once I started getting rid of them and I saw how fast they were moving on, on grailed and stuff, I'm like, all right, let's just get rid of them all. I'm not even going to keep many yeah. anymore. Once you get to the point where you're selling, like, let's just say you sold your 17s and that hurts. Obviously it's kind of like ripping off a bandaid. Then afterwards it's kind of yeah. like, it, it becomes easier after you do it. Right. But I, I get what you mean. Like, it's very hard at the time to do that and go through your sneakers and be like, okay, I'm going to let these go. But, you know, as a, as a father, you know, as a husband, as a family man, you kind of have to make those decisions. And, you know, yeah, like it's more than just 
a collection sometimes it becomes like a passion so you know you were cleaning your sneakers you were putting them back in the box you were you know restuffing them back so they you know taking really good care of them so it wasn't just having them you kind of like you babied them too they were you know it was it was more like a passion we all understand that for sure right it's a real passion and like you meet people the sneaker world is a totally different world than anything i've ever involved myself in like in anything like being at those conventions, it's almost like a high. Because you guys, I've seen you guys there. We're all setting up. And I'm thinking like 2019, 2020. Like we'd be up there like 7, 8 o'clock in the morning for sneaker yeah. cons and stuff. Setting up all of us. But nobody cares. Like we didn't even eat yeah. breakfast. I don't even yeah. use the bathroom sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> like Rich knows. Like I'd see you guys a lot. Like 12 hours would go by. I'm like, did I even eat today? Yeah, right? <laughs> It's but when you're in it, when that bell rings and like the doors open, you know it's on. You got to be on your A game. Those kids are coming to hustle you, or not hustle, they're coming to haggle, they're coming to grind, they're coming with money. They got thousands in their pockets ready to spend. Sometimes they're just looking, 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 and then they come back and buy. Yeah, that feeling you get from being a vendor at a sneaker convention, I can't think of anything that is a match in terms of like the feeling and you guys can like you guys have oh yeah we can test that for sure exactly yeah Yeah, no when we go there it's like you network with people you talk with people you connect with people that maybe you've spoken with before online and you never met in person Mm -hmm. you're speaking to new people that you know connect with the stuff that you have on the table like people that you never thought were had the same interest in the same stuff that you have right so you're into the older stuff and then you know you may meet a kid that you would think, okay, this guy's not going to know what I have. And then all of a sudden he knows all yeah. the stuff that you got I've and you just some, have instant I've connection. Some kids mind blowing. Like, right. Like just look at them. You don't even know like, what they're into. They're into like some heavy vintage, like LL Cool J troop. nineteen <laughs> 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 Looking for the craziest pieces. And I'm like, yeah. oh, like I would never know. But then they're like, yeah. Cause my dad used to rock it. Right. Like, right. Uncles yeah. used to wear it in high school. And I got pictures. I want to wear with, like you just never know and that's always like the feeling it's just like man that sneaker world the sneaker culture is the greatest thing ever but i mean okay yeah. so i mean you sold your sneakers you did things for your family whatever so you're a father now and i guess you know with the timing you know it's father's day is coming up so when this airs it'll be father's day so let, like let's speak a little bit about you know just your kids if you don't mind like do they have any yeah. interest in sneakers do they know uh, about your collections do they see your pictures yeah, and things like uh, that like do they care yeah. at all? let me go grab a little pair i have for my son Give oh, me okay one yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 i'll show you guys something right now i told you i didn't keep much but so if you look at the release date here, oh, I'm kind of going in and out. Oh, yeah. 02? No, I can see. It says July 31st, yeah. 2002. 2002. Uh, yeah, so see. I'll oh, tell I, you a little. So it's a Facebook. I have a little brother face, that was born face in box. 2002. So this is the kind of stuff I used to collect. So I bought these in oh, 2002 wow. when I bought my white and red 17s. Nope. I have a little brother that was born the same year. So I bought these for him and he used to wear these. And then I had a few Jordans for his, of his, and I told my mom to not throw them away, but of course, she threw them away. <laughs> threw these away. Yeah. So I still had them because I used to keep his 17 white on red beside my 17 white on yeah, red. Yeah. But anyways, I kept these for God knows what. I never knew I was going to have a son, but now I have, I have a two-year-old son and these are going to be his shoes now. Dope. So like, that's sick. 
that's dope. I'm not trying to turn him into a sneaker collector, but like this is the <laughs> that that I used to collect. I just don't sure. have a lot of them anymore. So yeah, I, I had a few different Jordans that I was trying to keep. But yeah, this was just something I have right now. A pair of 2002. <laughs> that's dope. And that's, so, crazy. Yeah, and that's crazy because that's like almost a 20 year old shoe, which is nuts. Like when you yeah. think about it. Yeah. I also have a. So I got this. The college blue. So there's the blue one. <laughs> That's my son's. But That's crazy, so you don't you don't crazy. see these right? Like the toddlers, they like it's, it's insane. Like just what they have now, as compared to what was back then. And when people had the shoes, like you said, you know, they would wear them, they would beat them up, and then they would just throw them away, whatever, like yeah. donate them, whatever the case was. Yeah, but my, my mom just threw away a bunch of his old Jordans that I bought for him, but I managed to grab these. Cause these were in the best kept condition but um yeah my kids my daughter's four my son is two i'm actually happy they're not into sneakers <laughs> <laughs> i'll be honest and there's no diss to the my, my sneaker family out there but like i know the kind of money i've spent right into sneakers that i'd rather them not be into it right now i'd rather them not really care yet because then it's going to cost me an arm and a leg and i'm not ready yet really <laughs> we'll, yeah we'll wait till they're like you know dad i want you know a hundred dollar sneaker and then it'll yeah, be like when, when you can, were a kid right yeah i can sell them oh you're gonna get one pair and yeah well after that that's like, yeah but i'm happy for now no i like i just get them comfortable stuff no, sure, nothing yeah. really into too many brands because we're at a point you guys know like they grow out of it a little too fast mm-hmm. um and you want something that's easy for them to yeah. put on as well right put on and take off yeah yeah and then like i have like air max like for my baby shower like my friends bought my son and daughter air max 95s like the nice. og like the original yeah, the and then, neon like, one. yeah the neon like i have them in the next room right now two pairs they couldn't even walk in them they're so heavy right they would just fall over like my son would <laughs> couldn't even walk to daycare and i'm like man the crazy thing about the sneaker world, like they actually need like kids just need soft little shoes to slip on and off their feet. Yeah. And then that's when I knew I'm like, you know what? Yeah, it's all good. For my kids, we're just gonna wear the uh the Walmart shoes for now. For sure. Um, yeah. And th- you know what? Sometimes and we joke like, about this. We joke about it all the time. Sometimes they prefer it because they've got the like cartoon characters on them or they got yeah. lights on them, or it's like Velcro easy to put on and take off, right? Yeah. And it's more practical. I think it's more practical. Yeah, until they're like in grade ten, grade eleven, they can make their own decisions and stuff. Sure. For now, yeah, grade ten or grade eleven, this <laughs> kid. Yeah, he's begging his mom at eleven years old, but he's telling his he's saying okay, that his kid has to be seventeen. High, high school. <laughs> That's when they can decide what they want. Other than that, dad's dressing them. Dad's dressing them exactly. Yeah, yeah they're wearing the comfortable shoes. Right. The brand unless they unless they work right unless they get a job and they work for right (laughs) but so with father's day coming up then let's just say they get you a gift then you know what sneaker would you say would be a dope father's day gift for you like if you could pick one now okay i need you guys to kind of help me out right now because what is currently released right now in terms of jordan's what isn't released? (laughs) (laughs) Lots of ones. Jordan Jordan ones right now. Jordan ones, Jordan Just fours, like everyone's, yeah, yeah, everyone's all about threes. fours right now. Yeah, the Jordan three reimagined. So they were like the white cement threes came out. People were going nuts over, it. and then most recently, Jordan also, twos, the, yeah, Jordan twos, Jordan they got tons big, of. Yep. 
And then elevens haven't but, stopped. Elevens, Dave, since oh, you were okay. collecting, they're so, still yeah. doing elevens. Thing is, for me, my if I could get a Father's Day sneaker, yeah, this is kind it of. Doesn't like a dream it, doesn't to, exactly. yeah, it doesn't have to be recent. It doesn't have to exactly. Exactly. It doesn't even have to be recent. Yeah. It doesn't even have to be recent. Whatever I mean, you want. But if if <laughs> I could get my hands on the olive nines, but not the new mm-hmm. ones when they first yep. were yep. re-released, two thousand two, two thousand. Two? 2002. Right? Hold up. Okay, yeah, I 2002. This is for my real sneaker heads right now. Yeah. Okay, this is what affects me. If it's if it's Two, new, I'm going to say thank you, but I'm probably going to sell them. 2002. Are those? 2002. Oh, my God. <laughs> you just have them that accessible. Yeah, oh, right. Rich has been holding. That pair what? is not even wearable, right, Rich? Nah, it started to crumble on me. But you know what, Rich? Rich talks about <laughs> really? this pair all the time. That's like one of those pairs that's yeah. like a, it's almost like a grail to him too. Yes, yeah, so I have a small story. Oh my god! Remember the okay. pearls? That's the only Jordans. <laughs> of course, of course. <laughs> that like, olive nine is everything to me, man. For me, it's about throwbacks. You can see my excitement. <laughs> Yo, those olive nines in. 2000, because I, I saw that they were re-released because a friend of mine was wearing them the other day and I was like kind of side-eyeing not- like what are those like they look different like so, like I don't know because I'm not really tapped in like that anymore so something about the color was different I don't know what it was I don't know what's missing they, or they changed the jump man to like a purple jump man I think I'm- yes that's the one that you're thinking about oh so one. he's yeah so he's not even talking about the olive from 2012 he's talking about that the, the one that just yeah the one that just that they dropped oh, yeah yeah it's not was the Jumpman purple Josh like you know the Jumpman on the side on the side of the shoe so like you have the olive colorway you know have the Jordan so, yeah jump- I just remember being like those don't look like and he's like yeah, yeah these are like, <laughs> released I was like oh, oh man nah man. I was excited but trust me those two thousand two all nine when they first came out because they my brother. Other at the time worked at Athletes Road, as I mentioned. So 2002, not too many people jumped on those Olive Nines. And I remember going to Foot Locker at Dixie Mall, and they were on sale for like nine ninety nine, dollars like $9.99. What the fuck? Shut the fuck yeah. up. I thought, I, thought you, I thought you messed up and it was meant to say 99 Yeah. $9.99. $9.99. <laughs> And 99 cents in 2002. And I swear on everything. I went there with my boys and there was like piles and piles and piles and piles because nobody bought them. The olive nines near the, near the end of the year or whatever. They had every size up to size 15. I'm pretty sure wow. they were $9 and 99 cents. Yeah. It was crazy. Real story. I could not make this up. Wow. I have a few friends of mine that can attest to the story because we were laughing at them. And then years later, now everybody wants them. Everybody wants That's them. That's the only pair that I want. <laughs> you know what's funny? The Jordan 9, I always had a love for them. And when that pair came out, I was uh, a senior in high school. So I was in 12th grade. And they actually dropped a few days before my birthday. I told this story before a million yeah. times, too. And we go to the mall. All the nines are there. And like you said, it was an obscure color. Like it, Early 2000s, like, what the fuck do you wear with this? Like That was kind yeah. of my thing. I was like baffled. Like, Black tea, white tea, some black pants, like you know, so no one knew how to match them. So I pick up the olive nines, I go over to uh Marshall's, me and my boy, 
And believe it or not, I find a fucking olive green Rockaware hoodie. It was like I couldn't have smiled. Wow. I was cheesing. I was grinning ear to ear. I went to school the next day, some black jeans, the olive nines, and that olive Rockaware hoodie. And I was feeling myself. Oh, and everybody let me know. They were like, Rich, you looking fresh to death. And I was just, my head was like a balloon. Because I'm like, what was the odds of me finding a shirt to go with that pair? I will never forget it, man. The best feeling in the world. But yeah, no one gave a fuck about those shoes. But I loved them. I love that yeah. shoe. I mean, hence, like I said, I showed them to you. Like, to this day, that's that's in my top five. Is that I love nine. That's and crazy. shame on Jordan Brand for that retro. That retro was, I don't know what they were thinking. <laughs> Whoever said, let's slap Concord, needs to get slapped <laughs> in their face. <laughs> Dis- disrespecting that shoe like that. <laughs> that pair that you just showed, they need to drop yeah. that. Don't change anything. Just keep it how exactly how it looks. Yeah, man. And I can finally have the greatest pair. <laughs> the, the pair that I actually <laughs> want in a long time, but I never bought them. I never owned yeah. them. I never, I never had them. That's crazy. Ten dollars. Damn. Yeah, that's crazy. Real story. Real. I'll try to get some of my like a a friend or two to like vouch that story. But we yeah. we saw that for nine dollars and ninety nine cents. That's wild. Foot Locker, Dixie Mall, and there was hundreds of them stacked all the way to all the wow. way across the mall on super clearance. The Olive Nines in two thousand two. That's wild. That's crazy. That's wild. If you see if you see sellers out there who have them, you could probably ask them. Where they- <laughs> <laughs> they probably got it from there, yeah. They probably still have the price tag on it. I guarantee you, they got it from Dixie Mall Foot Locker. Yeah. Well, hopefully, I mean, hopefully you add that to the collection. Maybe not this Father's Day, but maybe you can hint to your wife or your yeah. kids when they get older. You know, this is the pair that I'm looking for, right? Just, uh, you know, drop some hints there. But I, I know you have a lot of stuff, you know, other stuff going on, which is why you're not so into the sneaker game now. But, you know, tell us uh, a, a bit about, you know, your, your clothing brand, because you have a uh, clothing brand, which is blown up. And, you know, we're just kind of interested to hear how did that come about? Like what inspired you to create that clothing line? Yeah, so the clothing brand is called Tamakachi Clothing, which means to recapture the essence of life. My brother and I actually started the clothing brand in 2002. So it's been 20, 20, almost 21 years. The thing is, we did it for about 10 years and then we stopped. Mm-hmm. So what people are seeing now, because I'm, I'm like on Instagram, I'm doing pop-up shops again. We yeah. have a website up because we relaunched it last year for a 20-year release collection mm-hmm. and we did like a little pop-up blah 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 and then like people wanted the original designs again they wanted the original jackets they wanted the original hoodies they wanted the original tees and we had stopped production but we still had all the designs so we relaunched everything and then now it's kind of like a passion like i always enjoy doing it i've always loved fashion we kind of took the influence kind of like mm-hmm. from rock aware and sean john yeah. and Jay-Z, like that influence. And at the time we were like, we can do it ourselves. We can create a local brand. And now we're just going. And now I'm like really into it, dealing with manufacturers again, trying to get in stores, trying to get people like artists to wear the clothes and just going to keep going now. And now we're not going to stop. And and who comes up with the designs? Like, yeah, I guess the, the logos and like, yeah, no, we do. So my brother and I, we speak every day again both married with kids but like our passion has always been like clothing like urban streetwear and um yeah we come up with everything 
and for us it's very simple it's usually just the it's it's just the brand across the tr- the chest but it's how we write it and mm-hmm. it's the quality of our clothes and it's the style and it's and it's the the way we do our embroidery and everything is just different and it's the details to the tagging the bagging and and it's also like the meaning and the story behind our brand right because right because our brand kind of dates back to like the pre-social media era where we were doing it like Carabana 2003 four, five in the streets like guerrilla marketing yeah. like handing out flyers right, right you know like really hustling out the trunk hustling out of our bags to get people to rock our stuff so yeah i think street soldier days the, yeah like and like nowadays everything's just like online stores right we were kind of out before that but now we're doing that but we're doing both we're still hustling out in the streets but we're also now available online yeah dope and uh, you know what like you always been hustling, right? And then one thing that stood out to me was, you know, the t-shirts and the and some of the pieces that say hustle hard on it. And I noticed yeah. that, right? So that's a phrase that you guys use a lot on a lot of your your merchandise now. So what does that mean to you? Like, why did you decide to put that on your on your merch now? What does it mean to you? What does it um, uh, mean to the brand and what does it represent? Yeah, no, for sure. So back in so we started in 2002 in one summer in 2004, five, we made a trip to New York because we wanted to expand our brand from Toronto into the States. And in those days, again, I keep kind of talking about it, but without Instagram and Facebook and Twitter, you had to like physically go from city to city to get yourself out there. So we drove to New York and I remember, I remembered while we were in New York. So I'm like 18 years old. My brother at the time is like 22. And a few of my cousins, we loaded up a van, we brought all our clothes and we hit the streets. We went to Brooklyn. We went to, we went to the hoods. Like we were in Harlem we were like hustling on it. Like, and we have like video footage of us. And in New York, the guys were like, yo, you guys are hustling hard. Like you guys are like on your hustle from Toronto, like hustle hard. And they were putting it in our mind, hustle hard, hustle hard. And they were Mm -hmm. literally saying it to us. So we came back to Toronto and we just kept saying hustle hard, hustle hard, blah, blah, blah. And then my brother's like, all right, let's put our logo. So our, the eye on the end of the Kamakachi logo. Yeah. We put the eye on the front and then we put I hustle hard on a t-shirt. Dope. Yeah. And yeah. That summer of 2005, we dropped and I kid you not, it was like viral before viral. <laughs> viral. <laughs> yeah. We were everywhere. Like our t-shirts in those days were like Scarborough Town Center, Eaton Center, Yorkdale, Square One. Fairview, like we had, we had um like street runners set up at different stations selling t-shirts out the duffel bag. And it was hustle hard, hustle hard, hustle hard. And they were just like $20 t-shirts. It was kind of like a real street hustle, but we put people on, everybody was making money. And if you guys remember like the, I'm not a rapper, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Big Apple's world, like that era of, you know, five XLs, Six yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like so. Like, down to your knees. Down to your knees. Yeah. So we, our t-shirts was that. And that's the era we're from. Everything was 4X, 5X, 6X, 3X if you're lucky. doesn't matter how big or small you are. We all wore the same sizes back then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Mo jeans or Gerbo jeans. Ice Gerbo, yeah. Yeah, yeah, your Gerbo's on with your 5XL T, like Air Force Always. Ones. Air Force <laughs> One. I was about to say Air Force Ones, Gerbo's and a fucking 4X T. Yeah, and a fitted hat, of course, with a do-rag to match. Yeah, do-rag with the strings <laughs> out, with the Yankee fitted on. Like, we're from that era. So our Hustle Hard t-shirts was, and we we came out with every single color. 
And we just kept going and going and going and going. And yeah, and I'm, I mean, like pretty much like 20 years later, here we are. And now we kind of relaunched it. They're not 5XL anymore. Like it is hard. <laughs> they're, not, they're not down to the knees. Yeah, yeah. Now it's more oversized. Sure. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, now it's Yeah, yeah, because oversized look is in. Yeah, oversized yeah, look oversized is in. fit. So it's like, yeah, it's not a 5XL tee, but it's an oversized tee. And yeah, we're just, you know, we're just going. We're just can't stop, won't stop. Yeah, I mean, continues. and, and it, it's crazy that like, you know, it still translates to now because, you know, you you guys kind of took that phrase from the New Yorkers that were, you know, telling you this while you were there. But it still translates to now because, you know, you hustle hard in different different aspects of your life, whether it's your clothing brand or, you know, you have your fitness stuff that's going on. You're always doing your fitness stuff. You're doing, like, you know, you're a family guy now, too. So you hustle hard for your family. Like, so it almost like stretches across. It's almost like your motto, which I like because you're putting on T-shirts, but it also kind of represents your life, too. Exactly. <laughs> which is super dope. Like, you know, a lot of stuff doesn't have meaning, which is why I wanted to ask about it. But like it, it dates back to 20 years. It's not just something that you kind of took some phrase and slapped it on a t-shirt and try to sell them because, you know, that's what the kids are saying. Like, you don't want to put like no cap on a t-shirt to try yeah, to yeah. sell that. You know, it actually has meaning and story behind it that, you know, deals with your life, right? Yeah, this was a real street hustle. We experienced and we were hustling hard for our brand. And then I hustle hard was just... It only made sense and we just we just ran with it and it's been 20 years and it's kind of like a lifestyle now it's real right. like yeah everything we do you gotta hustle hard no matter what it is that's why like when we wear it now because like now being a little older i can sell it to like a corporate person i can sell it to like anybody whatever it means to you whatever you're hustling for and this tea is for you. Like if you're hustling for your pets, if you're hustling for sneakers, it, <laughs> whatever it is, you got to hustle. You got to make money somehow. So hustle hard in everything that you do. Right. And now it's just, there's a much deeper meaning behind it. I think because we're just older now. We're not mm -hmm. young little kids selling the t-shirts anymore. Yeah. You're hustling different ways, right? Yeah. So, but I don't think a lot of people understand what goes behind, you know, like a clothing brand. Like you said, you talk to your brother every day, you're discussing designs, you're just discussing logos, you're talking to manufacturers. So, you know, what are some of the things that go behind, like, or, you know, that you do behind the scenes? Like we see the end product, but I don't think people understand, you know, that hustle. It's a lot of trial and error. Like Is it's, it? a yeah, okay. of, it's a lot of uh, research. It's a lot of staying up till three in the morning when your kids are asleep, trying to communicate with overseas manufacturers because right. they're in China or they're in India and the time zones are different. Sure. Yeah. yeah. When they're awake, it's 3am for us. So for us now, it's like, you got to find the best manufacturer. You got to find the best quality. We're always on the hunt for both of those two things. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You got to put out a good product that people want to pay for but you don't want to have a, a a product that's cheap that's going to fall apart either. Right, right. And then we've had right. manufacturers that we've got who sent us samples and then we wash it and it falls apart. And they didn't get the print right or they send us samples and their embroideries falling apart. Yeah. And it's like, we just wasted two, three weeks of going back and forth, creating these things. And then it's like, now we're on to the next one. But that's a lot of the behind the scenes because people just see the final hoodie. We come up right. with a hoodie like a 3d puff embroidery but they're like they don't know it took us six manufacturers just to get this right right it took right. i have boxes in an i have boxes in another room right now of unused kamikachi clothes that i can't sell 
because it came out wrong from a certain manufacturer <laughs> and it's just sitting there. Yeah. It's just money yeah. lost. But I don't look at this like it's a negative thing. I look at it like this is just a part of the process. Yeah. Because I'm you sure, learn, right? I'm sure before, yeah, before Jay-Z and Rockaware, I'm just going to use them for an example. I'm sure their first t-shirt didn't make them a million dollars. I'm I'm just <laughs> guessing, but maybe it did because yeah. Jay-Z. But think right. back to like 2001. I'm sure they had a few designs that didn't work. I'm sure they had a few hiccups that didn't take off before Rockaware became what Rockaware was. Right. And I'm saying these brands because I think like all of us are kind of around the same age category that we can all relate to like when Rockaware was at its peak, yeah. 2003 and four. But yeah, but like you said, behind every successful brand, there's a learning curve. There's a learning process. There's mistakes that are made. You know, not everybody's perfect. Not everyone's going to hit a home run on the first pitch, right? So I think a lot of people don't understand. Like, you know, we have a lot of people that do merch too. Like, shout out to people like Parlor23. He puts out merch out all the time and his stuff is like crazy high quality. You know, like the designs are dope and everything. But, you know, he didn't just stir something up and it was an instant hit. Like, he had to go through different manufacturers like you did find all these different things where you know you're looking for the best product that's not going to price you out that people would like and you know that's not going to fall apart when when you wash it so like all these things take time and effort and sampling and all that other stuff too that you know sleepless nights whatever the case is before you get that perfect tee or hoodie or jacket or whatever the case is, right? Even designs, right? Embroidery, all those little things. Sometimes it could be down to like the zipper, the buttons, or the way something is sewn or the hem, like all these little things, people don't understand that you have to go like step-by-step to finally get to that final product. It's a lot of behind the scenes, but I love it. Like, it's weird. Like, I love love the process because Mm -hmm. I, I have such a passion for it. Right. That, yeah, the goal is to just one day be worldwide. That's it. And that's the same goal and dream we had 20 years ago. We just, you know, life happens here and there, but the, the dream is still there. Right. You're back <laughs> at it, right? So are we going to yeah. see other things? Like, I, I know we've seen the hoodies, we've seen the tees, we've seen the jackets. Are we going to see stuff for like, you know, kids, for example? Yeah, um, yeah. You know, women's stuff, you know, maybe yeah. some hats, things like that. Accessories. I know, yeah, no, for sure. <laughs> all that, um, especially having kids, and like a lot of my, like, I'm at a, an age where like my friends all have kids now. Like, all our kids are kind of around the same ages and stuff. Like, and they want to wear, it. they want to rock the kamikachi jackets. And I don't have kids jackets yet. I don't have toddler jackets yet. But definitely, because I'm kind of more in the designing stages with different graphic designers to come up with something now for kids. And I want to think more for like back to school and yeah. have like a kid's varsity jacket. Dope. But I want to have from toddler to high school. And that's where I can get the next generation wearing our brand. Of course. Without them thinking, oh, it's just some 20-year-old brand. I don't want them to think that. I need to design something that's going to cater to the kids now. Sure, of course. Yeah. So they're not like, it's just some old brand. <laughs> 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 what i mean like they got to look at it like this is fl- kind of like you know like ovo like to the kids right yeah now. yeah yeah to them it's that's the hot current like street brand for a lot of today's kids into high school would be like ovo right right so i'm kind of, i'm kind of in the brainstorming stage to get to that point where it's not they're not looking at it like it's just an old brand but like it's fly it's fresh for like today's generation 
yeah, of course. Fashion evolves, you know, tastes change, things like that too. You want to stay current as well, but at the same time, you want to keep your brand intact and, and, and use the same, you know, mentality that you always had creating your stuff, which I totally understand for sure. Yeah, yeah. For yeah. sure, for sure. But uh, yeah, no, a lot of hard work that goes into that as well. Like, you know, you're doing YouTube stuff too, right? So yeah. how, how is that going for you? Like, do yeah. you? My wife and I started a YouTube channel during COVID. Yeah, we're still doing it. We So we, we have like a, we have like a family YouTube channel. My wife does video editing, graphic design, a bit photography. She's more like creative. Yeah. Completely yeah. Visited me. Like I'm not creative at all. Like <laughs> I, I can't put something to paper, but I can, I have a great mind, but like, I don't know how to like actually draw it out. Right. She can, right. draw stuff. she can edit, she can, you know, film and shoot a video, put it together within 24 hours, have a whole YouTube video. And I'm more like, I can help you come up with ideas kind of thing. So yeah, we have a YouTube channel called Joshua and Brenda, where that's more on the health side. That's more where we're talking about like workout tips celery juice, meal prepping, how we balance being husband, wife, working, dealing with kids, how we balance not going crazy by having toddlers, (laughs) how we balance, you know, our passions. For me, my clothing brand, like our YouTube channel is just an outlet for us where we can sit in front of a camera and talk and basically it's it's almost therapeutic in a sense because we can we can let a lot out and then we have a ton of videos we haven't even edited yet, but we've recorded. And then when she has time, she's gonna start editing and putting it out there. But we're we're monetized on YouTube because we had a few we had a few videos go a, a kind of viral in a sense that uh-huh. we got monetized on YouTube. So it's also become like revenue source for us as well. So sure. It's not just like all fun games. Like we, it's more of a business for us at the same time too. Yeah, all part of the hustle hard mentality, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it was all during COVID. COVID yeah. hit, and after a few weeks of just Uber Eats, we're like, yo, we gotta. <laughs> figure something out <laughs> you know those first couple of weeks where everybody was just like didn't know what was going on yeah after a few weeks that's why i did i started going on grailed and started selling sneakers and stuff and i started selling my sneaker collection because after a few weeks went by months i was like i gotta get it together and then we started the youtube channel and then i started my grailed account um, that's crazy yeah, I mean, it's dope, though, that you're involving your family, too, like your wife and your kids. And, you know, just talking about things that, you know, a lot of people may struggle with, you know, like fitness, for example. You know, you had a, you have a crazy fitness story where you weren't always a fit guy, you know, like you. I think you have a video talking about, you know, yeah. your, your weight loss journey, your fitness journey. Um, and it's inspiring to other people. Also, your clothing brand, just how you, you know, you do things for your clothing brand. So it's great that you do that because it gives people uh, some insight as to just regular people. You know, you're not anybody different from anybody else. You're a father, you're a husband, you know, you're you're an entrepreneur. People have a lot of questions on how to do things like that. And you kind of just give them insight uh, through your YouTube. So definitely appreciate that you have these videos and that your wife is also involved too, because it kind of keeps you guys all connected and, and sane in a certain way too, right? Because you guys can do that together. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely keeps you sane. To all the, <laughs> to all the parents out there listening, I know we're all in the same boat. We all get it. We all understand what it's like. It's not an easy uh task i wouldn't call it a job it's not it's not easy being no it's definitely not yeah rich got four kids you've got two kids i have <laughs> one son a, a new puppy right so, but yeah it's 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 always something that's you know it, it's 24 7 right it's 24 7 there's always something happening but uh you know it's refreshing to know that there's people like you out there that 
are inspiring others to either, you know, get back on their fitness journey or start a new, whatever they start, doesn't have to be clothing, like start whatever it is that you thought you wanted to do and just, you know, put that vision into reality. Because I think the hardest thing about doing things is just doing it, right? Like you think about it, you want to do it. But then you're scared of something like you're scared of either failure, you're scared, you know, it's going to take a long time, you're scared that you're not good enough, whatever the case is, but, you know, like, you definitely show others that, you know, it's just one of those things that when you do it, then you will just, you know, it's, it's a learning curve, right? Some people think they're going to make money right away. Right. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Quick, get rich, quick entrepreneur hustle. I don't know. Yeah. But I mean, the reality of it is, is that, you know, it's taken you 20 years to get to where you are now, at at least with your merch, right? It's taken you all throughout the pandemic to get to a point where now you're monetized with YouTube, right? So there are steps, there are bumps and and things like that along the way. Yeah, it's it's real. It's real. It's got to keep going. (laughs) Yeah. And then you you can always tell with content like that, right? When it's being forced, when you're trying to do something because you're trying to make money. Whereas opposed to you're just doing it because you actually enjoy what you're doing, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But that's dope. So, I mean, like, there are a lot of people out there that are looking to be, you know, the next Kamakachi Juice. Like, they want to put out their own clothing line. They want to do YouTube or whatever the case. They want to, you know, drop, you know, 80 pounds like you did or whatever the case is. They want that six pack again. Um, yeah. So what is the advice that you have for others who inspire to, you know, maybe create their own brand or just do some of the things that you've, that you've already accomplished. You know what? There's like a, a few sayings I feel like I, I live by, like that's got me through these times where I lost, uh, cause I, I did have a transformation back in 2012. I lost close to 80 pounds mm-hmm. in three months because I went, Oh wow. I don't even know how to explain it, but I just went like outer body experience, dumb, hard, in the gym. I made the most drastic changes in my life. I gave up every, but I went hard like for three months and then I maintained it because now it's been 11 years. But I mean, a couple of things like what you do most, you do best. So it's a very simple saying, but like if you don't do push-ups and you hate it, you're never going to be good at it. But if you just do five push-ups every day, so what you do most, you're going to do it best. If you just do five push-ups every day, I guarantee you four or five months down the line, you're going to be doing 50 push-ups every single day because you do it the most. <laughs> like, yes, you know, yeah. like, I don't explain it, but like, it's so simple because when I first was starting my fitness journey, I couldn't do a push-up, and that was something that I wanted to do. So I started doing it every day. I started doing just a little bit every day, a little uh-huh. bit. And then eventually, I don't know if you guys remember, I won a push-up contest at a soul. Oh, yeah, the soul exchange. Yeah. Oh, did you? <laughs> <laughs> I won a push-up contest at a soul exchange in 2017, maybe 20. Mm. <laughs> so they went on the mic and I didn't even know what was happening. They went on the mic and they were like, we're doing a push-up contest and they were going to give away a pair of Jordan eights. Uh, so whatever okay. you, those eights came out, the original colorway, the Jordan eights. Um, maybe like the grapes or the aquas or the aquas. The aquas might be the, the aquas. aquas. Yeah, I've been was that time. I ended up flipping them right after. I don't. I hope, they, <laughs> I hope, I hope they don't hear that. I hope they don't hear that. I know they're gonna be listening. But anyways, so they they did a push up 
on the microphone. And I, you know, what's crazy It's because I did it every day for like six years at that time, yeah. I almost was ready for it. It's like, I didn't even know it was going to, I've never did a push-up contest in my life. I never did. I was never challenged, but I was mentally so strong from doing it every single day that when we did the push-up, so they had a group of like 30 guys on the ground. Jaffe was calling out like one, two, three, and he was just calling out the numbers. And then like yeah. by 10 guys were dropping yeah. 15, yeah. 20 guys were, and I'm still going 25, 30 guys were dropping. I'm still going. He's counting it out loud and we're all doing push-ups together. 40 guys are dropping 45, 50. I'm still going guys are dropping. I think I reached like maybe 60, 65 push-ups straight in a row. Wow. And it was me and, we were down to me and one last guy. And I just remembered it's because I did this thing every single day for the last six years. I don't think half of these guys did 50 push-ups every day for six years. Right. That I was, was so <laughs> mentally strong that I was yeah. like, this is nothing to me. Yeah. I was almost like not there, but I was there. And I remembered like I got up, I got the Jordans, the eights. I took a picture, blah, 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 blah. And then, and then I, <laughs> I flipped it like not too far. But for me, it was all profit. Like it was like, yo, that was sick. Like I just made <laughs> a few hundred dollars in like a few minutes. But I remember like I won the Jordans and they handed me the Jordans. And that was such a dope experience because like I said, what you do most, you do it best. In right. every area of your life, no matter what it is, it couldn't, it doesn't have to be fitness. It could be anything, <laughs> whatever it is. If you make your bed every day, you're going to be the best bed maker every single <laughs> yeah. day. Like, you know what I mean? Like, no, I'm for sure. It's a great, it's things. a great, yeah it's, yeah. it's so simple, but it makes so much sense when you, you can apply it to everything in life. But I've been living with this in my mind for like 11 years mm -hmm. like 10 11 years like what you do most you do it best you just got to think of it in a positive realm and you think of like you dribble a basketball every day you're probably going to be a great basketball player right or dribbler, dribbler yeah sure <laughs> yeah dribbler yeah. like yeah if you just do it every day just yeah. do something every day watch the changes happen so i remembered yeah that's the story with the push-up challenge because at the soul exchange i think that one was at um metro convention center but yeah, that's my advice, man. Just whatever it is in life, if it's something you're passionate about, something you're dedicated to, just do a little bit each day and just watch the changes unfold. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's dope. I mean, we, we watched you, your clothing line evolve, just yourself as a person evolve, everything just in a positive way. And you, you definitely spread that positivity as well, Josh. So, you know, which is why we connect with you so well. And we love the stuff that you do. And we wish you continued success with everything with the YouTube, you know, being a new dad, of course, I mean, maybe not so much new anymore, but, yeah, uh, you know, like, it'll always be, you're always learning new things, right? Yeah. But continue success with being a father, YouTube, your clothing line, and just everything that you do, man. We just definitely appreciate all that. I appreciate yeah. the work. I'm actually, I tell you guys, I'm genuinely honored that you guys thought of me to be a part of this. Like, <laughs> I was like, yeah, because I'm not kidding. Like, I just feel like kind of out of touch now in terms of the sneaker world because I'm not really as tapped in anymore. Like, I used but to. I, but I think, Josh, too, is like for us, like in our podcast as well, is like, it's not just for people who are currently active in it, right? We We want to create like a timeline of, people who were a part of it at one point in time yeah. because especially in toronto right like you have like an imprint in terms of toronto 
and sneakers and that whole culture. So it's like you are part of it, even though you're not, like you said, active, you're part of that journey. So that's what we like to capture. So don't feel as if like, you know, I'm not buying the latest sneakers. Like, nah, man, like when you we hear your story and just hearing you talk about your journey for us, this is what it's about. So, of yeah. course, you know, naturally we got to tap in with you, man. So, yeah, you know, appreciate I, you. Um, I feel like I can't keep up anymore. Like I, I, I've turned into this, like, <laughs> man, I just can't keep up. Like I hearing how you guys talk about like what you guys are rocking and stuff. I'm just like, I literally wear like two pairs of new balance <laughs> at my front door. And I'm, like, I have like three pairs of Crocs. Come on, some like oh, yo, he's go here we crocs. go. He's yo, yo Kali, yeah, you I know, and then Kali? I feel bad. I didn't want to say it, but I'm like, oh man, these guys are gonna kill me. No, 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 no. What are you talking no, no. about? Rich, Rich is heavy on Crocs. Trevor's heavy yeah, on Crocs. Juan's got some Crocs on feet too. right now. Okay, so I don't feel so bad. He's on okay. feet, bro. They're mad comfortable. On feet. Yes. <laughs> oh, they're they're like pillows for your feet. Yeah, love so them. I'm like, I just don't have the newest, newest. But if we could talk sneaker collecting, yeah, I was heavy in it. Like, you know who else I um really like connecting with? Jumpman. Jumpman Bostic. Jumpman Bostic. Yeah, that's my yeah. guy. Yeah. Like I met him very so knowledgeable times, like and the way have you guys spoke to him like on the podcast? I don't know. Which Joe Man Bostic, man, we we try and get you on here. Uh, we reached okay, out. Okay, I didn't him, know. So I didn't yeah, know. Yeah, he's one. He's one. He's That's one we're gonna guy. definitely tap in with. Like yeah, him man. and I connected early sneaker conventions. I think I met him at the there was a London convention. I don't remember when or where or who did it, but there was. It might have been Soul Exchange that did a London one. Not that I'm thinking about it. Yeah, and, it might have been and my them vendor too. table was beside him, and that's how I met him. And we were side by side. Nice. Who is this guy? He's from like Detroit or something. Yeah, Detroit. Yeah, Detroit. Yeah. Detroit. And I remember him being there and like chopping it up with him. That's a totally different collector. Like, yeah, yeah. him and I connected, exchanged Instagrams. We became kind of like Instagram friends, blah blah blah, back and forth. But he's like next level. Like I've seen yeah. videos and stuff with him. You guys, yeah, if you haven't spoke to him. You guys need to get him on board because that guy right there, like, but, the, but, but knowledge, like, I'm, I feel like that's the era of sneaker collecting I'm from. The yep. old stuff, the OG stuff. I'm from the 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 late '90s, early 2000s. Because like him, he has like 1985, 1986, yeah. 1987. Yeah. 1989. Oh yeah, like he has everything. Yeah, he legit got everything, man. I started watching him, fuck, long time ago, like the YouTube's. And what intrigued me with him is that because he had everything, a lot of times when they were releasing like the new retros, he'd do a comparison like of the new retro and then like the OG yeah, pair. Yeah, yeah. So it was just fascinating to me, like quality wise, like the comparisons and, you know, it kind of helped me, you know, see what I was getting. So yeah, salute to Jumpman Bossing, man. Like probably over 10 years, I was watching his YouTube videos um, well before, you know, he took off. So definitely nice to see him get his flowers. I should say because he's been doing it for a long time. Yeah, no, he's very humble. If you humble talk dude. to him, he's so humble, down to earth, and like he may have one of the biggest collections, like period, like out there. Yeah, not enough recognition, in my opinion, for that guy in terms of like in the sneaker world, like being like he should be on a like, complex magazine, like interview <laughs> on YouTube. Like, yeah, I agree. They should, be, they should be going to his crib. But I yeah, agree. Hopefully, hopefully you guys get him on. Yes. Yeah. Joe Man Bossic soon. <laughs> yeah. But Josh, yeah, man, Josh, I appreciate you, man. Like I said, this is great. And like I said, just to hear the stories and the grind, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you know, and, and to see like the re 
resurgence of of the brand, which I thought was dope. Because I remember back then when you know you you were pushing that out in just to see you yeah. guys you know tap back into that is great, man. And then also the transition, man, into a flammy man. <laughs> you know what I mean? That it's uncharted territory. You know, for most and. I commend anyone who does, especially two children close in age. My first two were about two and a half years apart. So I did that whole song and dance. Very yep. exhausting. But as we mentioned earlier, you know, my oldest has graduated high school. So it gets not to say it's not it's bad now, but definitely gets even better, I should say, as they get older. So just cool to see that. And I will. And lastly, I will say I commend you in terms of the weight loss piece. Very inspiring. And what I respect is that you were able to keep it off. Because there's a lot of people who lose the weight and they pack it back on eventually. But you were able to maintain it. And that's that's one thing I respected that you were able to keep that shit off. Because it is hard. You know what I mean? It's yeah, it's I a know. it's a hard thing to do. I mean, I commend you on that. Just being able to stick with that. So definitely inspiring, man. We can't stop. We won't that's stop. You gotta, on, you gotta be on your P. Diddy mentality sometimes. That's it. <laughs> As repetitive as that sounds, trust me, it's it's such yeah, a it facts. Yeah, facts, do. man. Can't facts. stop, won't stop, man. You just gotta keep going. That's it. Gotta, Sir. Keep, gotta keep going. Appreciate oh, you. I definitely like want to shout outs. Yeah. Oh, sorry, Trevor. I was cutting you. No, I was gonna say I just wanted to echo what you said, Rich. Yeah, because the the weight piece is it's not easy to lose the weight, but it's equally as hard to keep it off, right? So I've seen your videos on that on on your weight loss journey, and that like losing eighty pounds is a is a is a big thing to do in itself, but to keep it off is just as big because it's it's not easy, right? It's easy to fall back in old habits and all that kind of stuff. So for you to be able to keep eighty pounds off for what did you say it was 12 years i think it was you said yeah, going on 12 years it's just every time i'm about to head back into my old lifestyle i just gotta stop myself i'm like all right man i already know how much work i put in a long time ago mm-hmm. now yeah so, that's dope that's it awesome man but, yeah um, we appreciate you jumping on with us yeah as, as you said rich we can transition into shout outs yeah, speaking about positivity and, and all that stuff too, I kind of missed this one a couple of weeks ago, but uh, I just want to shout out JR because he got mm-hmm. all those Fly E sneakers that he was doing a GoFundMe for, and he had the video of him delivering all those sneakers and everything too. So shout out to JR Weidman. He didn't have to do that, and it, you know, was going to a good cause, and I'm glad that you know he was finally able to deliver all those sneakers and get all the sneakers to the people that needed them but uh yeah no i kind of just missed that one a couple weeks ago but shout out to jr he's always doing big things but that was huge that's my guy that's my guy it's so crazy how well connected yeah Yeah. (laughs) and you you know what josh i think the the show you were talking about in london i'm pretty sure he was a part of that show see i don't even know like i'm trying i'm trying to remember how i got to that show or who did it or who was behind it I don't think we went to that one, but I'm pretty sure because Jared is originally from that area. So I think he was a part of that show. We might have to, he might be able to tell us better, but I think he, he had a, a hand in throwing that event. Nope. Yeah. And that was one of the, that was one of the first that I'm aware of. But yeah. Shout out Jared. Jared. He's a good guy. That's what I'm saying. How we all, we all know each other Yeah, because um, I know him kind of differently. Like he lives, I, I live downtown now. He lives near me. So I always bump yeah. into him. So, but yeah, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, definitely shout out to him because, you know, he's always doing big things, uh, you know, wh- whether it's with sneakers, with his job, whatever the case is. But he's always, you know, doing positive things, giving back uh, as well. And, and I just thought that initiative that he did 
for the flyees was super dope. And, you know, of course, we support everything that he does too. So it was just nice to see him, you know, deliver it. You know, it was just just a great initiative. Yeah. Yeah. And we we helped support that as well. We we donated some money towards that as well with some of our, I I can't remember what the contest was. It was a while back, but I want to say it was a grocery store flex contest we did, or maybe a hundredth episode or 50th episode giveaway, something like that. We donated some money to that as well. So yeah, big shout out to JR for doing that, man. That was, was really great to see some of those shoes actually going back to people who, who needed them and not just greedy people who were trying to resell them and make a profit off of them. Yeah, okay, which is crazy. Which is crazy. Uh, nothing surprises me these days, though. I know. But yeah, definitely salute to JR for that. Big things for sure. On that note, um, on being charitable, yep. we are actually currently running a sneaker and hat donation drive as well. I was gonna uh, say I was gonna say that for the end, but you kind of segued me nicely into that, <laughs> Kev. So, so for those of you who hadn't seen, we started this after we recorded the last two episodes, so we didn't get to shout it out in any earlier episodes, but we are running a sneaker and hat donation drive. So you can donate either hats or sneakers at Parlor 23 downtown, Omnis out in Hamilton, or Muddy George, which is downtown Toronto, I believe. It's on Bloor Street. They're going to be accepting donations on our behalf, and we're going to be doing a donation to Toronto area shelters. So yeah, we donate- go, go to a men- yeah, go to a men's shelters. Yeah, so um, if you have any donations for any old sneakers, anything, or well, not old sneakers, but anything that's in good condition that you don't want anymore, make sure you hit those places up and drop the donation off for any hats or sneakers. If you can't get to one of those, send us a message and we'll either try and meet up with you or we can coordinate uh, mailing some stuff off as well. Yeah, another another good cause too. Yeah, I, I, you know, I haven't had a chance to chicken. go through my stuff, but I, I've got a couple pairs and some hats and all that thing. I think they said socks too, right? Socks, hats. Oh, they're doing yeah, it's socks too. They're doing yeah, I have some hats and shit. Yeah, I think I have my some, shoes. I think I have some old hats that'll be fine to to give away. Rich, you got one? Yeah, man. Um, just want to shout out uh my oldest man, Jaden, <laughs> high school high school grad, man. It's fucking crazy. So uh, got me feeling like old man. Yeah, posted a pic and I'm just like, my gosh, like this guy's like just like sunning me and my wife, man. Like, just Yo, like he's a giant, this, man. Like super tall, like, fucking giant, so, man. Yeah, yeah, but he's 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 huge, man. So you know, salute to him. Grad was good, and my mom was in town. Uh, came down with my niece, my my younger brother's uh, daughter. Corn so pops. Got to spend some time. Corn pops. <laughs> you already seen the pic. Corn pops. Yeah, she bought me a big ass box of corn pops and apple jacks. Do we got apple jacks here? I swear we have apple yeah, jacks here. We do. Yeah, we do. We yeah, do. yeah the apple jacks. They might not yeah, be the same, but I think yeah, they, I've never eaten actually eaten the apple jacks, uh, but I would imagine they're the same. Shit. But yeah, she came with the corn pops and some apple jacks. So salute to my bro actually, because when she came, she's like, "Your brother told you, you know, mom, you can't go to Canada without cereal." <laughs> <laughs> so he actually reminded her. So yeah, I, I fucking kill that shit and like two days that, that was done <laughs> that was done man so salute to mom's always holding it down but uh yeah man shout out to uh like i said uh Jaden, the high school graduate so hey we did something right so yeah yeah definitely uh proud of him for that after just turning 30 i'm having this like this crisis happening that i'm like oh my god i'm, I'm getting older now and like every time we've been talking about this for four weeks Rich has been helping with this crisis this internal crisis i'm having says the youngest guy i'm right i'm like wait till you hit 40 man like yeah, i'm man. fucking i'm touching 40 next year this guy's talking about 30 <laughs> like, 
<laughs> I'm getting old, man. My body's telling me that every day. <laughs> shit. <laughs> one of my girlfriend's friends asked the shit. Uh, she was telling one of her friends that uh, it was my birthday. And she's like, oh, like, uh, how's he taking turning 30? And she's like, you know, he's very, like, chill about everything. Like, nothing really gets to him. He's really freaking out about this for absolutely no reason. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know what it is. It puts life in pers- it puts life in perspective, right? Because yeah. you could remember when you were a teenager. So, like for me, is like I remember, like with my son, I remember when I was eighteen. So when I fast forward now, and it's like I'm fucking almost forty. It gets scary, man. <laughs> I have planned after it'll be uh, the weekend before this came out, but uh, I have planned for the upcoming weekend a tenth a reunion, a tenth reunion for my college graduation. That's crazy. Yeah, that's crazy. Like just that's crazy. I know. <laughs> and like I like I said, I was selling you infant shoes for Jaden, so it's just a mind blowing moment that he's graduating high school. Yep. Time flies. <laughs> so he does. All right. Uh, all right. We'll wrap this up. Josh had to jump, but uh we appreciate him jumping on with us. It was a great conversation and it was uh good to catch yes, up. Sir. Guys, as always, you can find us on Instagram at InKicksWeTrust. Make sure to use the hashtag InKicksWeTrust for a potential feature. And you can find me on Instagram at Trevsky63. Kev, where can they find you? You can also find me on Instagram, Kevin K. Man. Rich, where can they find you? You can find me on IG, GrowStatus13. And you can find Josh at Kamakachi underscore juice. And then also his clothing brand is Kamakachi. Guys, thank you everyone for listening. As always, stay safe and be well. Bye.